0: The Natural Hat Trick with Luke Lipinski, Craig Morgan, and Jamie Eisner.
1: Welcome into episode 249 of the Natural Hattrick podcast, alongside kind of Craig Morgan.
2: What do you mean, kind of?
1: Well, we're not really sitting in the same room. That's true, you're in your closet. Yes. Yeah. Why are you in your closet? Before we my, get to Jamie and acknowledge that he's here. It's my recording closet. That's it it's great for acoustics uh and jamie eisner and Eddie. Eddie. <laughs> you know somebody your friends jamie your your one guaranteed friend gilbert anthony was tweeting me the other day about you i wasn't even like talking about jamie and i, I got a tweet yeah well
0: that was your first mistake you weren't tweeting about me but I guess, sure, go ahead
1: I I learned my lesson. Um, Did you guys see the duck before we start? I sent the picture to you guys, and you were completely just oblivious to the fact that this is a brand new duck with a penguin's hoodie. Nameless duck. Nameless. Yeah, we haven't named him yet.
2: Where was the photo taken?
1: In my apartment. Prove it. What do you mean, prove it?
2: I don't know. Prove it. (laughs) I posted the photo. (laughs) You could have
0: taken it anywhere.
2: No, the, I, I have it. It could have been a, a ransom note that someone sent you with a
0: photo of the duck. Does it have that, the mask on? it? Yeah, is it, yeah okay, that's people smart. People were asking about, a,
2: about the socially mask. Socially
1: responsible. So, yeah, and he's got the little hoodie on, even though it's 175 degrees out here in Arizona. I don't know why NHL.com made a rubber duck with a Penguins hoodie, but they did, so I assume it's because they listened to this show.
0: I mean, you bought it, didn't you?
1: Yeah, but talk about an item that was made only for me and nobody else in the world.
0: I have nothing to add to this rubber duck conversation. Okay, other I, than I, I feel like you're just like gaslighting us with like we don't see your other ducks anymore. So I think right now you're going to slowly start integrating new ducks, and like we don't want, we don't even know what's happened to all these other ducks. We haven't I seen we don't them don't remember months. what they look like.
1: What yeah. other ducks? Yeah, yeah, they're, they're not here for the show today. Sorry, exactly. they've been replaced by the nameless duck. I'll bring Olfi next week. All right, the oh, NHL draft lottery. For reasons I'm still not totally sure, did happen uh, last week, last Friday. I like that it happened. I like that, as it turns out, they're going to split it into two different shows. But um, in standard fashion, the number one overall pick goes to the placeholders, who are not actually a team, even though Seattle changed their Twitter handle to the Seattle placeholders in hopes that that would somehow help them. Team E. Yeah. It was Team E. Team E. Which, correct me if I'm wrong, it was actually the Winnipeg Jets, right?
2: Well, some think it's the Edmonton Oilers, but we'll see.
1: No, no, it will be the Edmonton Oilers, but I'm saying technically the team that won was the Jets. Uh, So here we go. I mean, Detroit, to me, the biggest thing that stands out is not that a team that might be a very good team may end up with number one overall pick. It's that Detroit, who might be the worst team any of us have seen in the last 20 years, is getting the fourth pick, not even the second pick, which, look, that's the way it goes in the lottery, but it sure seems like if you have the worst record in the NHL and you're not based in Toronto, you're not getting the first pick.
2: I felt a lot worse for the Red Wings before Steve Eiserman took a shot at the Coyotes in his comments afterward. So, <laughs> and I well, that remember, was pretty I'm, funny. I'm a Blackhawk fan, so my sympathy only goes so far for Red Wings fans, and now I have none again.
1: That's true. That, that that's those are all fair points. I'm done feeling sorry for Detroit, but they don't pick till four. Uh, Ottawa picks third and fifth. Pierre Dorian's face during the, uh, I don't know if he was expecting picks one and two, but he looked like it, he was either a still photo or very disappointed that he had zero picks in the top two after potentially having one and two.
0: Yeah. I mean, look, we've, we've talked about this for a little bit now, The the lottery system is broken in, in the NHL. And I understand the, the heavy desire to disincentivize tanking, but they've kind of at this point, especially the last few years have taken this too far. Uh, I understand maybe wanting to put the number one pick up for grabs, but seeing these really, really terrible teams that are just legis- legitimately terrible picking fourth and fourth being the most likely option for them uh, oh, yeah. based on the way the odds work is is ridiculous to me. Isn't uh, I only
2: two teams that have finished with the worst record have actually won the lottery.
0: Yeah, I, I, I Toronto, mean, of course, being one of those. Yeah, of course, but and that's just. To me, that's not, that doesn't make a lot of sense. I understand you want to disincentivize tanking, but you also need to have turnover in your league as well, and that's arguably more important than a team here or there that tanks for a particular player, is making sure you're able to turn over over the course of a couple of years the worst rosters in the league or whatever Edmonton tried to do when they messed up that system. But we have seen that work for other teams. We've seen it work for Pittsburgh. We've seen it work for, or to an extent with Chicago. We've seen these things. It's not always number one picks, but – These top teams can't. I guess these bottom teams can't keep falling to pick four. Like I just, I just think it's. I don't know. It just to me, you're gonna at some point you're gonna get a system where you have these bad teams, particularly if we if Seattle, for example, starts struggling out of the gates and doesn't do what Vegas did because that was extremely improbable. If they start, if they finish with the worst record and for a couple years in a row, and they keep picking fourth they're going to have a real hard time crawling out of being one of the worst teams in the league. Like we haven't seen the other side of if this continues for multiple years, these teams at the bottom, not being able to claw their way back up because they're not getting as good of draft picks as other leagues would dictate. They would get
1: Jimmy, are you laying down as you do this podcast?
0: I'm like half laying down. Uh, my girlfriend is, has a work meeting in the other room. So mm-hmm. if you don't want to hear in the back one, I'm like, so where exactly are you, bed. Jamie? Uh, I'm on my bed. You are on your bed. Luke okay. is in his closet.
2: Yeah. Yep. You're in your bed. Okay. Craig, I, you look like
1: you are in, I don't even know where. Where are you?
2: I chose as a background as I could find so that you guys could not identify where I am. I'm somewhere <laughs> in the mountains. It's
1: literally just a wall of beige. Yes. Um, are you really not in Arizona right now?
2: Uh, that's the story that I'm going with, yes. <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> um, all right. Well, then let's get to the, I guess, more pressing issue it's not just that Detroit is dropping all the way to four, to four and Ottawa with those two picks are picking three and five. We could have a very good team picking first this year. And it's not like Alex LaFerniere is Connor McDavid or Austin Matthews, but by all accounts, he's been the number one pick this year for well over a year. And I mean, he could go to a team, he could go to a team like Pittsburgh or Toronto, which as much as I wouldn't mind the the, the former, that's not right.
2: No, I, you asked us to do a worst to first, like worst scenario to best scenario. Yeah, did you guys both do this?
1: I didn't rank all sixteen, but yeah. I definitely have my I definitely have my worst and my best.
2: Well, who's your worst?
1: The worst possible of these sixteen teams to get the number one pick is one hundred percent the Edmonton Oilers.
0: Okay, I have them second. I have them second as well. Yeah, yeah.
2: really? So, Who do you? Well, do
0: you have Toronto? Right. Toronto. Yeah.
2: No, okay. I don't have Toronto first.
0: I have Pittsburgh first, actually. Well, uh, so it depends on what the criteria is for this. Because for pure entertainment value, uh, I think seeing Lafreniere on a line with, like, Connor McDavid is extremely exciting. Or sure. a Sidney Crosby or a Malkin. Uh, from a pure, we'll never hear about this player again value, Minnesota is clearly the worst option. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so um, from a personal standpoint of when I like to go see sports again, live and in person, you know, the Arizona coyotes seem fun. Uh, so to me, it depends on what the criteria is, but it, my biggest issue is the same thing you just brought up. Luke is there's a, a really good chance that a really, really good hockey team. There's only in this scenario because of a pandemic and a very short brief series, b- uh, playing because of this whole crazy situation is going to get the best player in the draft, which makes absolutely no sense to me. And the NHL should have never have put this situation out there. And I believe it was also, again, literally we talked about with the Red Wings dropping the four, the statistically most likely or most probable situation was this happening with the number one pick makes no sense to me. I, yeah. I, I it doesn't do, it doesn't do you any good and anything, anything at all. And again, Players don't tank, coaches don't tank. And I'll continue to say that period. But
1: especially in a playoff and, format.
0: Yeah. In any format, because they're the ones that get their jobs taken or fired or cut or whatever, whatever else. Yeah. But any sort of idea and any sort of narrative that has any legs to it's better for my team or this team to lose this play in or playoff series is just not good for any league it's just it, it doesn't make sense to me
1: yeah I mean I'm not so concerned about that this year because I especially think after the the four-month break that's it, that doesn't suddenly make Montreal as good as Boston but it really equalizes things for I think at least the first few weeks of this uh, of this tournament and I know I've said in the past I think it really helps the teams that that have strong goaltending but I was talking to Todd Walsh actually the other day and he is talking to a former Coyotes goalie who said flat out yeah these goalies haven't seen shots in 4 months either so i wouldn't necessarily depend on that i just i i don't i don't know what they could have done i guess they maybe should have stacked it more for the teams that maybe were outside of the top 8 in each conference if they lost you know what i mean so like if pittsburgh yeah. loses they shouldn't have as good of odds of winning as say yeah. know, chicago or something
0: or any odds like what would what would have been the worst case scenario of saying if you we're only going to include nine seeds and lower uh, in that team E category? Yeah, I guess it's theoretically possible that every lower seed wins, but it's extremely unlikely. Uh, and and just to me, it's I don't see I don't have a problem if Montreal or Arizona or Minnesota if they were lost. Lost, lose their series and get the number one pick because they would have been in the lottery anyway. And, yeah, that's and fine. Yeah, messed up as the system was, they still would have had a decent chance. Yeah, what I don't want to happen is that you get a, a little, a literal handful of bad games after not playing for months from a Pittsburgh, uh, a Toronto, uh, an Edmonton, or even a Carolina, and they just get the number one pick. Like to me, that 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 is that is way more egregious than any of the teams that were below that. I think that, that should have been the disincentive for that, of like, okay, you were going to make the playoffs anyway. Uh, I don't know. There's no perfect system, but it, I, just, I hate the idea that a good team could get the number one pick because it doesn't make any sense.
2: Can I play devil's advocate for a moment here and say that maybe this is the best thing for the NHL because there's so much attention on the lottery right now because of what happened. I think this may be great for the NHL because everyone will be paying attention to phase two of the lottery when it comes around.
1: Yeah, I guess I don't necessarily think it's the worst thing in the world that a placeholder team got one of the top three picks, or in this case, I guess the number one pick. It's just it's more to to what we're saying of the Edmonton. Edmonton and Pittsburgh are very good hockey teams this year. I mean, they were the two five seeds. Toronto is absolutely loaded. To me, it's any of those three teams. And, Craig, we should go through your rankings here of, of who the worst would be. But, I mean, I don't you're see saying, anybody.
2: You're saying you want life to be fair. Is that what you're saying, guys? Well, I mean, this could benefit Pittsburgh
1: greatly and bail them out for the fact that they haven't had a first-round pick in like yeah. 17 years. It doesn't well, feel
2: like in Sidney Crosby. Yeah. Well, mm. no. But I'm, what I, happened I, but in they, that lottery, by the way? But
1: they. Well, we don't need to talk about that. <laughs> I we, know I'm, what to say. I'm just. They've traded away their first-round pick in so many of these past years. It's not like they haven't even had number one overall pick. They haven't had a first-round pick. But I, I still think Edmonton is the worst because they've had countless number ones. Pittsburgh hasn't had a number one in 15 years. I still think the system's broken if Pittsburgh gets this too. To me, it's Edmonton is the worst, Toronto, Pittsburgh, Minnesota, because as Jamie said, we'll never hear from Lafreniere again. The Islanders who have had a number one pick fairly recently in Chicago, who's, you know, it's fair if Chicago gets it because they should, they were a fringe top 12 team in the conference, but I just don't want them to go there.
0: Well, and something else, and I think this is the point you were alluding to earlier, Luke, why, even after all, even if you want to do this, have this mystery team, and it's going to be one of the losers in round one or play in round or whatever we're calling it, why are they all weighted equally? Yeah, that's the like, thing. Wh- why couldn't you come up with a number system and say, okay, if the 12 seed loses, this is what their percent chance of getting it. And if yeah. this seed loses, or this is how many points you get. And then by the end of the round, you go, okay, now we can look at these eight teams and, and reseed them or repercentage them based on what their regular season record was, and then do another lottery. That that's versus what just they should being do. like, oh, oh, we're all equal now." Like, yeah. like, the Maple Leafs losing is the same as the Montreal who shouldn't even be in there losing. I mean, it's just yeah, that's that's fair.
1: That's the easiest solution, right? You take sure, the eight teams that why they won't do it. Yeah, <laughs> well, they already haven't
2: done it. <laughs> yeah, just like realignment, right? Actually, yeah. they take they take the easiest solution in realignment. Yeah, that's true. Well, the laziest solution. Well, yeah, let's not think about it at all. Let's just move the Coyotes to the Central. Because <sighs> they're going to Houston anyway, so.
1: Oh yeah, I forgot, <laughs> oh, yeah, forgot about that narrative. It's been nice to not have that narrative for a while, at least. Yeah. All right. You know, as we record this, it's not official, unless something has happened in the last hour, that Toronto and Edmonton are going to be the two hub cities. But it sure seems like that's going to be the case. My understanding all along since day one was that the NHL wanted one of these sub cities to be in the U.S. and one in Canada. And then, I mean, we've all heard the names. I really thought Vegas was going to be one of them, but then I don't. (laughs) Apparently, the city of Vegas didn't care because they certainly didn't act like it. So, (sighs) as much as I would love to have both of these in the U.S., I would like to see these games actually played. And right now, with the way things are going here, it almost feels like having both conferences playing in canada is our best shot of actually having a stanley cup awarded this year
2: sure because of sorry you you won't like this answer but because of donald trump and his dumb sycophants and the governor's chairs across the u.s that's why that's why it's well, in canada because it's much safer
1: which is there, frustrating on it
2: is. <laughs> <laughs> well i can't i can't argue with you craig so i just Don't mean to put you guys on the spot. You don't have to say anything on this. Well,
1: this is what I'll say. On the the most basic level, I've been monitoring very closely, as we all have, you know, the NBA, Major League Baseball, NFL, and hockey, which ones are going to be able to come back, which ones aren't. And you guys know, you're in the same position as me, working for or following a hockey team that is in a non traditional market. Yeah, careful
2: Um, with the verbs there. Working.
1: (laughs) being around I don't know. um just, just out of here
0: luke i'm, you, I'm gonna floating aimlessly aimlessly through.
1: <laughs> well based based on what it looks the background in your screen right now it looks like you might actually be floating well, around I, in outer space
2: i
0: can't afford a background i'm sorry i'm unemployed oh. <laughs> <laughs> and he's actually he's, he's in an unfurnished apartment that's just the wall if
1: it helps i i got coffee for us today but you guys weren't here so oh, i nice. just drank it but I all did. right I, that's I, fine
2: my family and dogs left me too okay Put it all out there.
1: (laughs) You can say whatever you want because we know they're not listening. (laughs) Um, No, but just you know, being around a team in a non-traditional market, you you definitely get the the hand view at a lot of a lot of fans in Canada looking at the U.S. as like the little brother when it comes to hockey. So in that regard, you know, I I would love to have. I I enjoy the fact Canada hasn't won a Stanley Cup in 27 years, but the second that news came out, where both conferences are probably playing in Canadian cities. My just honest subconscious, whatever, before I could even think of anything, reaction was, well, they might actually be able to pull this off then, yeah, because things right now are just so insane in our country.
0: Yeah, I mean, there were two things that came to mind. The first was uh, we finally know what it takes to award the stay on the copy Canada, and it's a plague. Uh, And two, that there's this was the obvious best choice. Well, just I mean, look, you just look at the numbers. I know facts don't matter anymore. But just look at the numbers, and look at where the cases are going up and down. Look at the provisions that have been put in place. There, there's look at literally pretty much every other country in the world except the United States. The United States might be the worst place, maybe outside of Brazil, uh, to put uh, the, St- the Stanley Cup playoffs right now. So use your two Canadian cities. They're gonna it looks like they're gonna award the cup uh, in Edmonton, which is that's that's nice. It's good for them. They haven't won. It's been a while. Um, they're going to win the not- cup
1: in Edmonton and give them the number one. Not pick. to
0: Edmonton, but in Edmonton. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, there. There was their best chance of having a, a complete postseason is playing in Canada. That gives yeah. them the best chance. I am. Ext- I don't know how the NBA is going to pull this stuff off in in Florida. Uh, I was wasn't sure they're going to do it anyway, and now the cases are spiking there. The, the NFL, if they're not going to back off of the having fans in the stands thing, that's gonna, that could sink their season as well. Uh, the best chance is to have the two, two Canadian cities, which is why it's, I know it's not official yet, but unofficially officially going to be Toronto and Edmonton. And it's the best possible move they could make because it gives them the best chance of actually getting through this because we still, again, we're all talking in hypotheticals. None of these leagues in the U.S. that are team sports are back yet. And the ones that are coming back that are more individual sports are having to deal with their own issues. We're, look at what's happening in golf right now with all of the cases. So what's going to happen? Look what's happening in college football. Where they're just practicing, and a third of the Clemson team has COVID. So we don't really know what's going to happen once everybody gets back together in this official format and in these bubbles we don't know what's going to happen, so you have to give yourself the best percentage chance of being able to play through the season, and based on the case levels and the information that we have, playing in Toronto Edmonton is a lot better chance, it gives them a less chance of, of, of having a team-wide spread of this than pretty much anywhere else in the United States, so it's the obvious decision, even if it's not the ideal one for marketing or whatever other purposes the NHL would be thinking about.
1: Yeah, I mean, ultimately, it's just about getting the games played and everybody being able to pull it off safely. I um, my my impression of this is that, <laughs> and either Craig just turned into Johnny Manziel or that was the uh, the dollar sign he was making. Um, I mean, if you if you take the NBA, NFL, Major League Baseball, NHL, and college football, and you say what are the most and least likely to be able to come back and finish the the season that they're currently on. To me, the NHL is now at the top of the list. I would say NHL than NBA because they're both trying the bubble. I guess NFL would be third. But Jamie's right; they're they're maybe more willing to take risks than they need to be right now. I don't know what Major League Baseball is doing, and I don't know why. I don't know how you tell student athletes that aren't getting paid that they have to go out there if they don't feel safe just to make money for the NCAA. So, to me, college football has the least chance of coming back on time.
2: It's nice to have a, another country as a possibility for hosting games, isn't it? Yeah, as it turns makes out all, it all the difference in the world right now for the NHL. Yeah,
1: and and in that respect, I'm I'm glad they exercised it, and it's going to be hilarious when Taylor Hall is parading the cup around in Edmonton. That's <laughs> that's going to be. Uh, let's let's get into the the Coyotes'
2: outlook here a little bit because I'm a little hurt that you don't want my rankings, Luke. I asked for your rankings. Around. Yeah, then you never let or, them say Or it. Jamie's, or Jamie's. I mean, James, I think, look at Jamie. I think we both did this. Our, were we in agreement that uh, Pittsburgh, Edmonton, and Toronto were our, our worst three?
1: Yeah, but I don't have Pittsburgh is yeah. the worst because they at least have number one pick in yeah. 15 years.
2: Being obvious picks to me, I'm sorry.
0: Those well, are my yeah. those are my bottom three, but not, not in that order.
2: Yeah, yeah, and, and, okay. Who who do you where do you want to see him go? Where do okay, I want to see? Him? About, well, the yeah. Coyotes. Well, okay, but okay. That and that. Listen, I I don't care if he goes to Columbus, Carolina, Nashville, or Arizona. Even though Carolina has a terrific record, I don't mind him in any one of those cities. But Montreal, I mean, they have, they had a terrible record. They arguably shouldn't even be in the play-in round. Um, and he's French-speaking. He's a Montreal native. That seems like the most likely or the most logical to me.
1: Yeah. I, I guess if, if you take the fact that we obviously live in Arizona out of the equation for a second, I'd still have the Coyotes in that group of teams that if they get him they deserve him because they were outside of the playoffs anyway, and they haven't had number one pick recently. I mean, it was great to see Buffalo. Just, mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to let Buffalo anywhere near the top five ever again because they obviously <laughs> can't do anything with their players. But to me, it's the Coyotes, um, <laughs> the Rangers would be interesting to oh, me. The,
2: everybody I, hates New York.
1: The the Coyotes, Rangers, Panthers, Canadians, or Blue Jackets. I would say would be the five. What is that? Five or six that would bother me the least. So I, I want them to go to one of those teams.
2: You don't want them to go to Minnesota because you don't want to do a player to sort of an annual playoff tease and a first-round exit. <laughs> you don't want them to go to Vancouver because their fan base would turn from the most ill-behaved to the most insufferable probably. Yeah. You don't want them to go to Calgary because they're already going to be signing Taylor Hall as a free agent. <laughs> okay. You don't want them to go to Winnipeg because it's Winnipeg. You don't want to go to Chicago because personally this would help Stan Bowman's longevity and I don't want to see that happen. <laughs> I don't
0: know. I don't like, have I, a belt. I, I, Sorry, I don't have a belt. I, I don't have I don't know like you could talk me into the Rangers just to be fun because Panarin's not playing a lot or didn't play a ton with Zibanejad, So you, you run a top line of Lafreniere and Zibanjad and Capo Caco at some point and then like be a Panarin and Strom together on line 2 or whatever way you want to flip those. That'd be fun. Well, that's what I'm saying. The Rangers Everybody hates too. them, I mean, but that'd be fun.
1: Yeah, but, I mean, they're the 11th seed in the Eastern Conference. It's not like they've been hanging around the top one or two picks for the last seven years like some of these teams. So, I, yeah, I mean, the Rangers are on my list of five that I would be fine if that's the team that ends up getting him. Who Who do you want to get him? Great. Like, wh- Who are, like, your top five best destinations?
2: Best destinations. Montreal's number one. I think okay. that's where he belongs. But if I had to choose the others, I, again, I would put Columbus, Carolina, Nashville, and Arizona in that mix. Okay.
1: What is going to happen when Edmonton gets him?
2: I hope mutiny. I hope (laughs) this can't happen again. They they've surpassed their quota for the next ten years.
1: What was the idea that you came up with as we were all ripping our hair out after Connor McDavid went to the Oilers? Of you can't have the number one pick more than a certain number of times every. I mean,
2: within like a ten year, yeah, within a ten year period. I don't. I don't think you should be able to get him. I don't know what that number is, but. Should we say no more than three times, no more than two times? Something,
1: yeah. Maybe maybe three. If you're talking every 10 years, I'm fine if a team, because you could switch GMs, your team could look radically different three times in a 10-year span. But, I mean, this is the same bailout to the same company over and over and over again if Edmonton gets him. And all those bailouts are actually working now. They're a good team.
0: Yeah. And that's, I think the, the, the sad part of the whole thing is they're the five seed and they can still get the number one overall pick, which would be literally the jokes right themselves.
1: Yeah. But it, it's one of those things that would be funny in the moment and then not funny for the next 15
0: years. True. But I mean, we do, we do need to seriously, I know there's so much unknown right now about how any of these teams are going to be coming back. And, and the idea that we know anything more than just the basic level uh, is, it would be crazy, but there's no way the Oilers are losing to Chicago, right? Like, Oh, I could see them losing to Chicago.
2: Here's the thing. With with this postseason, I have no idea. And, and I, would, I talked to Jamie about this a few days ago. I have no idea how Vegas lays odds on these series. When you have all the unique variables that you have in this postseason, you have the long layoff. You have a number of players getting healthy that wouldn't have been in normally. You've got no fans. You've got no home ice advantage other than two teams who are you know, playing in their own building, but nobody's rooting for them. There's so many weird variables. How do you handicap these series?
1: You guys were talking without me?
0: Well, yeah.
1: Sorry. Oh, okay. Was it the other chat that I'm not, I don't know about?
0: Yeah. Um, a text message? Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. Is there, an, is there another
1: podcast I should know about? Is there any of this stuff?
0: Uh, um, told you about um, the podcast. I've got,
1: I've got, I've got we, we're, you're not the only one with a Gilbert Anthony, Jamie. We've all got our, uh, people that we pay oh boy
0: um i okay. not
1: getting awkward it's okay we can't hear craig all that well oh. yeah I'm I'm just, sorry. i mean, we,
2: once again i don't have the fancy equipment that you employed people have okay no you're
1: fine i was just going to edit you out for what
2: you okay. just said another uh, unplayed, yeah. fine fine let's uh let's um, very hurtful
1: uh, everybody send your gift cards to Craig. If uh, he he needs Starbucks, Craig, when's the last time he had Starbucks?
2: Uh, I can't remember. Probably our last podcast.
1: Oh, wow. So oh, years and years ago. Um, what all was right. Let's we were in
0: studio February, mid Feb, all three of us. Cause I missed a couple shows and then I was on, then I had to go to New York. It had to be in right yeah. early February. We recorded the night that the NBA put its season on pause. Yep. The day before yeah. Yeah. You guys did, but I wasn't yeah. on that show. We weren't cats Silverman filled in actually, yeah.
1: but on the phone. Yeah. Craig, Craig he brought in,
2: in the, studio, shot cat.
1: The, uh, the studio is, um, had no lights that night. It had one very dim light. It, <laughs> that's just, right. Side note, it's got eight very bright lights now. So but the next time we do one in studio, it's going to be, you're gonna be able to see us from outer space. But that particular night, it had one dim light. It all sounded like sports were just like going away. I guess they were. And Craig yeah. showed up with a uh, pizza and hand sanitizer. And that's how we did the show.
0: It's good we are topping.
1: Yeah, well, you know, it was uh, it's it's an acquired taste, Jamie. You just wouldn't understand.
0: No, that's it's true. All
1: right, let's let's talk a little bit about the Coyotes here. Um, I know I mentioned earlier that in the past I have thought teams with the strongest goaltending may have an advantage in that first round. I've been talked not completely out of that, but you know, at least um, I'm convinced that there's a caveat there. But if you look at the 16 teams in this qualifying round, and you just if you take the logo away and just put the goalies in the bracket. The Coyotes are one of the few of those 16 teams that have a very clear number one they're going to go with. Now, I don't know if that means if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Uh, it's not a bad thing for them, but just in general, like some of these, I mean, the Coyotes have two goalies they can turn to, but very clearly they're going with Darcy Kemper. Like the Rangers, the Rangers have three goalies they have to decide between. Pittsburgh they don't know a lot of these teams.
0: And literally as of like 30 minutes ago, they have no idea where the crew they're going to start and when. Yeah, I don't that
1: mean- seems like a problem going into a five-game series.
2: I don't mean to put the brakes on you there, but I would not be so certain that the Coyotes are just going to ride Darcy Kemper. I think there's a, a, a thought process here as the uh, play-in round starts that this is just like the start of a season. And if you look at the start of a season for most clubs, they don't ride their number one out of the gate. They let that guy get sort of into a groove, um, maybe playing someone every night, depending on the schedule too, because it's been floated that there might be back-to-backs in the play-in round. Dude. I don't know that you can ride your number one goalie um, for every game in the play-in round or even early in the playoffs. And this this is something they're definitely talking about. But in this situation, once again, I think it's an advantage for the Coyotes because if everybody has to take that same approach where they have to play two goalies, there aren't many teams with a better tandem than the Coyotes.
1: Yeah, and I mean, Kemper and Ranta. Both healthy going into the playoffs, right? I mean, all these teams for the most part should have all their players healthy, but that's that's been the knock, certainly on Ranta, not so much on Kemper, but it was an issue this year. Nothing he could do about it. But it, it, you know, to your point of treating this like the season starting, typically when the season starts, you have your guys ready to go. I'm fascinated by that Coyotes Predator series because I understand Nashville was was one of the hottest teams in hockey when we hit the break, but that was four months ago, so I don't think that momentum's yeah, necessarily going to help.
0: Of that moment, none of that momentum carries over. But yeah, healthy. No, I, I'm looking up because I tried to see this. The other thing, the other factor to consider, too, as we're talking about goalies and how much they can play is Kemper's played four hockey games in seven months.
1: Yeah, so he's rested.
0: I mean, he's played four games since December 19th. <laughs> That's <the skin>. So <laughs> I, I don't think he's playing five games in eight nights. Like it's a, You know
2: I mean? I think it's asking a lot. <laughs> I think it is, too. It's, it's definitely something they're considering. Of course, you're going to see how he responds in these informal skates, in, in the training camp that they're going to hold you're going to get a sense then so it's not like they've made the decision but i definitely think it they are considering playing two goalies and and that that idea that this is just like the start of the season is something that they have talked about
1: this uh, this other thing that hit me too when they were when Kessel had media availability this week is the thought that you know it's undeniable Phil Kessel greatly underachieved this season but if you were just looking at the rosters going into the playoffs after a 4 month break you'd be intrigued by a team with that goaltending we're talking about and Phil Kessel and Taylor Hall. So,
2: I I, mean, I could absolutely see the Coyotes winning this series. I could too. To be honest, when I'm handicapping it, I I think I'm going to pick them to win this series. And Phil Kessel is another really important storyline in this. We had him on a Zoom call the other day. Looked like while he was golfing, so he was, um, I'd say, 50% interested in that call. <laughs> And it looked like his foursome was chirping him to get out and uh, take his next shot. So we didn't, we didn't get a lot of insight. You never do on these zoom calls. Let's face it. There's a a million people on the calls. There are, forgive me, half a dozen to 10 inane questions that get asked these guys. And then the time runs out. So you don't get much insight, but he did say on that call that this was probably the most injury plague season he's had in his career. Now, you can look at that a number of ways. You can say, okay, first of all, he's recovered from, from those injuries. And and I reported earlier that one of them was a groin injury that probably stuck with him for about a quarter of the season in terms of games played, like 20 games. But why was he injured? Was it just, was it age? Was it just one of those freak things? Was it training? What, what were the factors behind that? And what has this pause done for Phil Kessel to allow him to evaluate what happened in the the 70 games or less because he missed some time. Well, he didn't miss any time. What am I saying? He's got an Ironman streak. He can't. The 70 games. Yeah, he can't. And 70 games of the season. What, what evaluation and what changes has he made in this time uh, off, basically, during the pause? Is he going to come back fresher? Is he going to come back in better shape? Is he going to come back with a different mindset? Is he going to come back willing to tweak parts of his game that might need to be tweaked to be successful with the particular personnel that the Coyotes have or do not have? when we're comparing them to the Pittsburgh Penguins.
1: Yeah, I think it's I think it's absolutely fair to have a lot of questions about Kessel beyond this year. This unique situation though in particular where he could potentially come back and have three good games and all of a sudden they get past Nashville and he for his career, he's not quite a point per game guy in the playoffs, but he's got a lot of a lot of playoff points. I, I want to say he's like a point nine point per game guy in the playoffs. And yeah, some of that was with Pittsburgh on those Stanley Cup runs. Some of that though was with like Toronto who never makes a playoff run and, and Boston, um it's there's at least a way where, you know, he has something to prove. He can make up for this entire season if he goes out there and has a really good month or whatever. And that's not inconceivable. For most of his career, he's had those really good months.
2: No, and I, I you know, I, I guess Bill may have something to prove to the Arizona audience. As as a player, as an NHL player, Kessel probably has nothing left to prove. He's won a couple cups, he's been a big time performer in key situations. I think if if he were to retire, you you could he could probably feel pretty good about his career. But yeah, he came here um, with a couple of sort of stated focuses, uh, one, one being more media friendly because this market needs it, and, and then the other of trying to elevate this team past where it's been for so many years. So if he's able to do that, if he's, if he's able to have a, even a big play-in series and they win that series, you know that might be enough in the short term for, for people to say, okay, Phil Kessel was worth it.
1: Fans yeah, here will forget about the first seventy games if Phil yeah, Kessel is the so. reason they win a playoff series.
0: Well, especially because of what what's happened in the meantime too. I mean, a lot of that stuff. I mean, everything that's happened prior to like mid March feels like ages ago at this point. Yeah. But there are a couple of competing thoughts I have here with Kessel. One is you hope that. Yes, while he's had time off to recover from injuries. You hope that his conditioning is where it needs to be as well. That's the other unknown that we're going to know with a lot of these players of who's been staying in hockey shape, who's been doing a better job of that than others. It's a big unknown right now. But two, he absolutely has a chance to erase what was quite frankly a very poor regular season in his first year in Arizona relative to expectations, and even relative to—I mean, I think I was the most tempered with my expectations in the preseason. I, I mean, I beat that point home on every show we had, and he didn't even hit those but he can that make up for and it.
1: you saying Colorado wasn't any good.
0: Those are the two points. Yeah. Well, yep. Uh, so we'll talk about the first one, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but he can make up for all of that with a really strong postseason run. And this is, you know, this is the cliche of this is why they brought him in. It's a big reason why they brought him in, obviously. So I, I, I'm very curious to see how he plays. Uh, obviously the, I, it's a whole different situation, but the, the Taka-Kessel combos done okay for themselves in the postseason, uh, I would say. So yeah. we'll see what happens. But from an overall roster standpoint, the Coyotes have the talent to compete with any of the teams, particularly the teams that are playing in this play-in round. I've already picked them. when I had to I make my picks for Sports Illustrated a few weeks back when they first released the lines, and I, I picked them to beat Nashville. And I, I just think they're a more talented team right now whether that's enough to win right now, given all the other extenuating factors that we don't know, who knows, but on paper, and this has been rare to say about the coyotes in recent years on paper, I think they're the better team.
1: Yeah. It's and Nashville's probably deeper. And I guess you, I mean, a lot of them were there for that, that cup run a few years ago that ended at the hands of the penguins, but it's it, Jamie's right, which is that in itself is Sorry, thrown off the entire part. Yeah, no, I was talking about a different Jamie. Um, I mean, high-end talent, the Coyotes have it in Taylor Hall and Phil Kessel over Nashville. Now, I mean, the way you have to remember back to the season, the very, very best teams were all in the Eastern Conference. The Western Conference was was pretty well bunched up. And, you know, with Kessel, he, I guess a better way to, to put it than saying he has something to prove is he can really just erase the memory of the last 70 games by by playing like himself for three weeks. It's it's really that simple. If he just goes out there and is really good for three weeks, especially in this market that is so hungry just for a playoff series win, even a play in series win, if he goes out there and is their second leading scorer and they beat Nashville and play the next team close and it goes six or seven games, even if they lose to a St. Louis or whoever, nobody's gonna remember those first 70 games. And to me, it's almost a perfect storm for a guy like Kessel to take advantage of because all the things, all the questions Craig is raising are hundred percent legitimate. He's going to have to, Kessel is going to have to answer those questions, I guess next year. But when you're talking about his ability to be in shape and, you know, not have his entire career, all these games he's played, wear him down. That is more an issue over an 82 game season than a potential best of five and maybe a best of seven. The other thing with the coyotes in their first round, it's not like Nashville is some truly dominant team and they didn't get much from Clayton Keller but they typically do in the first month of the season. So if he thinks if he plays like this is the first month of the season, we've seen him be really good in October.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That, when you look at Nashville too, it's not a team that scares you offensively where you're worried. Oh my God, they, they just can't keep up with this team. The Coyotes are a faster team, to be honest. And uh, applying what you're talking about in the short term to another player, Taylor Hall, a former MVP is here and he's playing for a contract. And, and this is a really weird off season. Not as he, as he told me the other day, not ideal for, for going into free agency, so what could he do for himself with a really big round or two in this postseason? That he could help himself a lot, and I'm I'm sure he's thinking about that.
1: Anything else on this? Do we want to wait maybe another week or two to to start looking deeper in these series just to make sure this is going to happen before we do it?
0: I think that's probably wise. Yeah. Okay. Um, but, but before we get off this topic completely, I want to just touch on Craig's last point about going into free agency because this, this is going to be a cross multiple sport issue of where salary caps are going to be. Or I mean, we, we've heard at the NFL, on the NFL side that there's been estimates that they could actually be 50 or $60 million lower than what they anticipated uh, for 2021. Obviously, that's relative to their cap, which is significantly higher than the NHL's, but uh, we, we've seen a lot of talk. I think the most recent one was rumors basically a three-year flat cap. Yeah, which it, would be, years, yeah, yeah, which would be devastating for a lot of teams, um, and it's kind of devastating for top free agents as well because it's really going to limit the opportunities that they have to go elsewhere. Um, and the fact that it's not just a one-year deal either, which is not like you know, because the response would be, oh, maybe Taylor Hall signs a one-year deal somewhere, and then so he can go right back into free agency. That's well, this isn't the cap situation is not going to be fixed in twenty twenty two either. So and this he said he doesn't want to do things. that. And and
1: he said he didn't want to do it. And that was before to Jamie's point, it was sort of established that this might be a two or a three year thing anyway. Yeah. So
2: a lot of people have talked to you about how, what a, what a bad cap situation the coyotes have. And and certainly next season they're tied to the Mm -hmm. cap. But when you look at all the numbers that come all the players that come off the books after that season, there might be a way for them to work Taylor hall in, you know, if you can,
0: they got to move Derek step on.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's one of the players that they probably they would probably have to look at. But but then you you free up a lot of cap space after next season, and they could be still flexible even if they had Taylor Hall. Yeah, he finally on.
1: spend to the cap, and then they're just it's just a flat <laughs> cap for three years. That's well, that's, but that's But, what happens, but to, yeah.
0: cri- to Craig's point, it clears up pretty quickly, and again, it's yeah. easier said than done. But if you can find suitors that would take on the majority, if not all of like Stefan or Michael. No oh. suitors uh, for Stepan and Grabner's contracts. Then That's at that true. point, you have a lot of you have a lot of flexibility, but or at least you have a lot of flexibility In two years. You have some flexibility next year if you're able to move make those move those guys. But easier said than done because the same issues that are going to plague free agents are the same issues that are going to plague teams trying to trade players on big contracts for or rental deals because the cap's going to be a problem. So we'll see. It's a
1: very important time to have an intelligent GM. And, uh, I'm not going to say anything about the team in Chicago because Craig doesn't have his bell. But, uh, from the Coyotes perspective, I-, I think Chike is the sort of GM that you feel confident can navigate something like this because it's not something you could have prepared for. You never want to put yourself in a position where you have no wiggle room in case something unforeseen happens. But that unforeseen is typically like a key player gets hurt or whatever, some player becomes available that you didn't expect. Obviously, not a pandemic. Nobody was prepared for that. But, um, I mean, if you have a good GM right now and he's able to navigate things in the next year or two, that's going to go a, a long way for for a lot of these teams. And it's going to really hurt the teams that don't have that because there is no wiggle room for some of these teams towards the top of the uh, the salary spectrum. And seen, Agreed. Uh, do next we want to get to listener questions? Anything, uh, anything else you guys want to jump into before we hit listener questions? No, let's get to them. Okay. Well, here we go. I'm going to pull these up. Um okay. Let's see. Well,
0: uh, were you complaining on the show or pre-show about having to pull these from two separate sources? I can't. That no, was.
1: I, I wasn't complaining. I was just telling you you're going to have to take a second because there's two different spots. Mm. No. Uh, Chris, think you were
0: complaining.
2: Some
1: Chris writes complaining in
2: about you too, Luke. People were complaining about me. Yes, in fact, Rose Ford was.
1: Yeah, I saw you sent me that, but I, I didn't take the time to read it.
2: Oh, look at that! That <laughs> sounds about right. No,
1: Something's... I know what it said. It said I never read the, all the questions anyway. Some of us care, not Um This is. I don't want to get distracted, but why is DeAndre Ayton trending right now? I'm not going to click on it. Uh, who knows? Uh, Chris writes in from Britain. This is our guy, Chris from Britain, who um, first sends us a GIF of Will Ferrell dancing from Wedding Crashers because he's that happy we're doing the show, I assume, or he just likes the GIF. Purple rain or November rain? Ooh, good question to start the show off with. All right.
2: You know, I, I thought about this long and hard, actually, and I think I'm going to go with purple rain. Because it's hard to hold a candle in the cold November rain. <laughs>
1: uh yeah. all right. That's, I will send you all my money for Jamie,
2: that. Jamie has an embarrassed look on his face right now.
1: Jamie's laying down or holding a microphone in front of his face.
2: I've seen that look for my daughter. Sure. So, so I'm, <laughs> it. I'm.
1: I'm actually. I think I'm going to go November rain. Um, I would actually.
2: That it's the best. Yeah. Song.
1: Is it okay? Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm but, not. But the whole setup was better
2: for Craig. So, yeah, that's Classic true. power ballad. It really is.
1: It. It is. And I don't know where you guys fall in the hair band spectrum, but I never. I always kind of considered Guns N' Roses a little bit higher than some of those other bands that just had seven A's and X's in their names.
0: Agreed. Yeah.
1: So we're all going November eight. Yeah.
0: We are. Okay.
1: Um, Craig, do you want to ask? Do you want to answer questions about you? <sighs>
0: What, what what specific questions? Are I love doing this live on the podcast. Yeah,
1: maybe I'm going to save any questions about Craig for the next show. Is that fair?
2: Yeah. Is this, is this where, where am I going? What am I doing? Am I okay? Things like that. It's just, yeah, yeah basically. Do you just want to answer okay? a blanket version? I'm hungry, but I'll make it through.
1: <laughs> His music career is going to have to really kick off yeah. as a yeah. country
2: star. We're exploring that. We're exploring all avenues right now. I'll say that. Okay.
1: Excellent. That's That's good to hear. Um, Mac, who is the most important piece to the puzzle if the Coyotes want to make a legit run? Darcy Kemper. Yeah, I'd say Kemper. Um, I would probably go Kemper. I'd probably go Kemper, I guess, Hall and then Kessel. I almost want to say Kessel second just because they didn't really get much out of him during the season. So if you get something from him in the playoffs, that is in theory something you, you weren't necessarily counting on after the way the first 70 games went.
0: Yeah, your top players have to play well in the playoffs for you to succeed. It's just gotta yeah. happen. Yeah, would really nice if that that one top winger guy uh, could could show up for maybe five consecutive games. That'd be cool.
2: I mean, uh, look, it, it,
0: look, it is. I know we didn't mention his name there, but Clayton Keller needs to have an impact. I mean, he's being paid to have an impact, even if it technically doesn't start till next year. Uh, I don't have any concerns that Taylor Hall wouldn't. Phil Kessel and and those guys are going to show up. Even the Nick Schmaltz and Christian Dvorak's of the world. I do have questions about whether or not what they're going to get from Clayton Keller. And if they get like you like you alluded to earlier, Luke, when you were joking about like how he's always good in October and this could be a, a new version of the start of the season. Yeah. If Clayton Keller is a point per game player in the first round series or the play in series, I have a hard time believing the charities aren't going to advance.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, and I guess my stance with him right now is. I don't think they need him to produce to be able to beat Nashville. But if he does produce, I I think they almost certainly beat Nashville. I I just don't see as, as much... There's obviously a possibility if nobody else shows up. But it's it's a pretty far-fetched scenario to me that we're talking at the end of the series. And it went five games, and Keller had a goal and five assists, and the Coyotes lost. Because they were not getting anything from him either, and they were still almost a playoff team. So, yeah, if, if he... If he does what he typically does in October or Kessel does what Kessel just typically does in general, you know, even if just one of those things happens, you have to like their chances. But to Craig's point, your goalie is the most important guy in, in any playoffs, but especially in a year like this, there are no other years like this. So I guess in this specific year with the caliber of goaltending, the Coyotes have.
2: Yeah. I mean, he was a Vezina trophy candidate and maybe a hard trophy candidate before he got injured. So I, I, I certainly would throw him. He's, he's their best player. He yeah. was this
1: season. Oh, yeah. Uh, here's Todd and Phoenix. Were the Coyotes in position to have been Team E if the draft had occurred based on season-ending stats? If so, does this become another episode in the What If series if the Coyotes win or lose but don't pick first overall? I, I had heard it was Winnipeg. I'm- maybe I'm wrong.
2: I thought it was Winnipeg, too.
1: Okay. Okay. So, uh, no, but that-, that series of What Ifs for the Coyotes... In the lottery is already long enough. Also, I don't know if we're going to get this question or not, but I had it's been posed to me, and I'm sure you guys have gotten it too over the last week or so of whether or not you want to win this series or drop into this eight team lottery for Lafreniere. Uh, it, the Coyotes need to win a playoff series. They haven't won one in eight years.
2: I think that's more important for the development of the team that they they win, even if it's not considered a playoff series. You know, they win the playoff playing round, then they're actually in the playoffs as the NHL defines it. I think that's important for the progress of this team. I think it's important for the young players to get put in that sort of atmosphere so they can learn from it and grow.
1: Yeah, I. I and also, Sorry. it's you only have a one in eight chance if you're the Coyotes and you lose. Right. It's it's not like oh, you get the first pick, and when we know full well they're probably not going to win that lottery. So, but even if you could guarantee me, if you could say okay, the Coyotes get Lafreniere. Yeah, I would I'd be willing to forego beating yeah, Nashville it, it, maybe.
0: I say if you give give, give me a 100% guarantee then absolutely I'm 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 taking an L that series. But I, at a 1 in 8 chance no this there, there's something about breaking a losing culture and developing a, a mm-hmm. sense of winning and I'll make my another one of my patented cross-sport references. There's to me the way, like the Miami Dolphins, for example, ended last season was way more important for the progression of their franchise than them finishing with the number one pick. They still got the quarterback, they still got a quarterback they wanted and their guy, but they proved that they could overcome adversity and showed flashes of young players to kind of give them confidence going into the season. When before that, everybody was trying to get traded away from there. How now, do not, you feel I mean, about would you say that's non linear progression, Jamie? Or I, I, I would say this well, a little bit, but okay. we'll see how that progression goes. But there is something to breaking the culture of losing, developing a winning culture and giving some confidence to young players that while you can't put a quantifiable number on that, absolutely plays a factor in in a rebuilding franchise, getting back to some significant success. So it it does matter to win. And especially given when the alternative is a one in eight chance, otherwise you're just going to be picking in the teens again anyway.
1: Yeah. And I think the value to a team like the Coyotes winning even a five game play in series, it means more than some of these other like it means more than the Rangers winning their series, right? Or it means more than I would say even Carolina winning their series because Carolina, believe it or not, was in the Eastern Conference final last year. Uh, it was very short and quick against the Boston Bruins, but they were there. Whereas it is the next step for the Coyotes is to start winning meaningful games. And if you don't want to call these the playoffs yet, that's fine. But they are the most meaningful games that they have played in in eight years because this is a series. It's an elimination series. So, I, yeah, I, I just I don't see that question in our specific list of questions to the show, but it's been floating around a lot, so I, I felt we should address it. Dangle Snipe Belly. Points early by saying, yay, the return of Craig
0: and Luke. Hurtful. <laughs> Not incorrect, um, but hurtful.
1: Uh, which teams are in the extreme region of cap hell the next two years? How short is the starting goalie leash going to be for many teams in the play-ins? And what is the best vegetable to eat that requires minimal prep? Ooh.
2: I'm going to say broccoli on the latter one. You basically steam it and it's good. Yeah. I like broccoli also. I just don't
1: like the smell of broccoli.
2: That's true. It, it smells awful. Not as bad as some other vegetables. Like Brussels sprouts are the absolute worst.
1: Well, they're the worst in every category if you're ranking them.
2: My wife bakes those all the time, and it it just kills the house for a day. (laughs) My
1: Um, wife left left me, of course. So obviously, well, I mean, at least you got a problem anymore. You got rid of the Brussels sprouts. (laughs) Um, maybe cucumber because you don't even have to cook it.
2: That's true. Yeah, cucumbers are good too. Yeah, I'll go cucumber. Slice them thinly, though. Right? I don't like thick cucumber wedges. It's too much cucumber.
1: It depends if the cucumber has been skinned. If it's been skinned, I'm fine with the thicker wedge. It has to be skinned. It to be skinned. Okay, if it, well, if it's skinned, then what do you care? How big the wedge is?
2: I still like the thinner wedges. Is that okay? Wow.
1: No wonder your Especially wife makes Brussels sushi.
2: sprouts. Especially with sushi. Wow, that, that
1: just got really bougie. Um, how short is the starting goal, leash going to be for a lot of these teams? It's different from team to team, obviously.
2: Yeah, but with, with such a short round, yeah, if your guy has a disastrous outing, you got to think about a change quickly because if it happens again, you're probably done.
1: Is when you say quickly, is I mean, do you think it's one game?
2: Maybe if the if game one is horrible, if, if yeah. it looks like he's not gonna carry the team, if if somebody has a like a seven goal performance in game <laughs> one, do you really come back with them in game two? I I don't know. It's it's such a short leash because the series is shorter. You just don't have as much wiggle room. You don't have room for error.
1: Yeah, that first game's going to be – I mean, you could you could break a team in that first game because if you yeah. go out there and just – you pile on their goalie, then they face this issue. Do you want to you switch goalies and bring in another guy that hasn't played in four months? Or do you look at your goalie and say maybe he was just shaking off the rust? But, yeah, you're right. I mean, do you go with him for a second game? If he was terrible in game one, you lose the second game, you're probably done. Yep. Um, Teams that are really up against the cap, I mean, they're the same – Toronto. Well, yeah. yeah they're I the mean, same teams that have been there for
2: a while.
0: Yeah, so so right yep. now the top yeah, so right now the, the top five teams with the least amount of cap space next year. Without getting deep into who they can cut and, and trade or whatnot, it means Arizona, St. Louis, Toronto, Tampa, and Anaheim. I mean, those are the five.
1: Um see now I, well Rose is a big fan of the show and a great supporter and a friend of the show, so I have to read her question. But I think it would have been funny and ironic way if I didn't. Do you really believe the league is going to be able to create a safe bubble? Is it going to be like the nineteen nineteen season and take a death for them to cancel? Um, hmm.
2: safe environment and death are two different things. I, I you know, these are, you know, I, I don't know what's going to happen with this, virus. these are incredibly conditioned athletes. So they probably stand a better chance of surviving it than the majority of us. But one thing I wonder about with the NHL is why they decided to hold training camps in all these different cities, instead of just getting everybody into the bubble right away. Now that the obvious answer is money It would cost a lot of money to get them up there for two weeks all these yeah. different teams but that seems like the safest move to keep these guys from going out. I mean th- these guys are going home from whatever arena they're practicing in after training camp. Yeah, you'd like to believe that they're going to be safe, but I mean it, it, any little encounter if they go to the store, if they go to a grocery store or something, that's a dangerous place if if you know, it, in the in the grand scheme of things relative to, you know, just being in a bubble in Toronto or Edmonton. So why not have the training camps in the same place?
0: That's a good there's point. No, there's nothing these leagues can do to actually guarantee any level, really, of safety. Especially when, at some point, families and and whatnot are allowed to come into the bubble. You can't. You can't mandate where those where wives and girlfriends and children and where they have gone. So by being in Canada it gives them the best chance because of the lower likelihood of new cases and the lower likelihood of of the deaths in those cases but there is no perfect option there isn't going to be a perfect option the reality is if if money didn't dictate everything they we wouldn't be playing sports in 2020 but it does so that's why this is going to be attempted as kind of we said at the top of the show i give the nhl the best chance of executing this because of the location they're executing it in uh, but there is no guarantee, and I still think the big unknown, and until these leagues start actually getting up and playing again, is what's going to happen when there's a major issue. What's going to happen when three, four, five, six players, particularly on the same team, could contract the virus? Yep. Then what are you going to do? And, and it's not just oh, we'll just keep expanding rosters. Well, I guess theoretically, but what, what, what's going to happen at that point? Because right now, we've already seen a spike in golf, and what's going to happen? And that's an individual sport. And and that's a very, especially a social distancing sport as there could be, aside from maybe NASCAR, because you're in your own old car. But thank you for other, explaining how that works. <laughs> but I, I, that's still the unknown until these, until MLB and all these leagues get back. We don't know what it's going to be like. We're seeing, we've got a, we've got a little bit of a glimpse in it with, with college practices. And by the way, it's not good. It's not no, good.
1: But I mean, you know, a hundred man college football team, where practicing in the deep south, where they don't seem to be stopping practices, even when thirty-five of the players have the viruses, I think different. But they than, happen
0: to have COVID parties apparently in Alabama and in, in Tuscaloosa. tide tied.
1: Um, and that's different to me than a, a professional sport that is going to try to operate under a bubble. Now, I completely agree with what Craig said. Ideally, you would have the training camp in the bubble too. But I think all you can really do as a league is play the percentages. And I think by trying to do it in a bubble, you up your percentages. I think the NHL and, and, you know, the NHL and the NHLPA have have had a hard time ever getting along in the past. And I'm not saying they're completely a hundred percent in step on everything right now, but the two sides working together more so than they are in say like baseball is a, is that's huge. That at least gives you a chance. You're not fighting each other. You're just fighting, you know, what everybody's fighting right now. So like I said before, I, I think the NHL is the most likely to be able to pull this off, also because you know there's 24 teams going into that bubble, but after a week and a half, eight of them are going home, and then after another two weeks, eight more are going home. So you get a month into this if you if you can do it, there's only eight teams left at that point, just by virtue of how the playoffs work. So it's I, I think to Jamie's point, where you're going to run into a real issue is if a bunch of guys on the same team get it. Because then, you know, does that team just stop playing? But I think these guys are well aware that there are going to be, there are going to be players on some of these rosters that test positive over the course of the, the two-month season that's left for the NHL, and they just know that's the reality.
2: Yeah, that sort of half answers Todd and Phoenix's question, by the way, um, how many players would it take to test positive before... You know, before a team has to forfeit a play in a game or a playoff game, uh, we don't know the exact answer, but we sort of addressed it. The second half of his question is how many players do you expect to opt out of participation in the games? This is the NHL. So I kind of expect everybody to play. Uh, I'll be surprised if I see, you know, more than maybe even a handful, if, if any players opt out, right? It's just yeah, a yeah. different culture in the NHL than it is in other sports. It's, it's an all for one mentality. And I think the players will play. Maybe maybe we'll get a handful of guys who say it's just not worth the risk. But by and large, I expect all the guys to show up. In fact, all the Coyotes are already in town. They're here in Arizona. And that answers another question that someone asked, I think.
1: Yeah, that's good. I'm glad you did that because we suddenly have a lot of questions. Um, So if, like, Uh, like the the real Yotes fan asking about whether or not, and, and look, makes the point that you have a 12.5% chance of getting the top pick if you lose in a, 0.00004% 0.00004% chance of winning the cup, which I don't know if that's true, but, um, but we already went through basically the the reasoning behind that. I don't think any team should or would tank in this scenario, but especially a team like the Coyotes that, that gets a lot more value out of winning a playoff series or a play-in series. Um, Greg writes in, with reports of a flat cap and no amnesty buyout. Sorry, Craig, you still get Seabrook. Who is a more likely buyout candidate, Derek Stepon or Alex Goligoski? Who has more trade value of the two? Uh,
0: I I. I I could probably answer the first question is I don't know anyone's I don't think that you're paying that sort of money to have anybody go away if you're if you're Alex Morello. Um so no, we'll just I don't, think, I don't think we're gonna see buyouts with the Kit. No.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh more trade value. Uh I would pr- I would probably say Goligoski. At this point is a
2: defenseman and he had a pretty good season. Uh, Derek Stepan, significantly younger, however, than Alex Goligoski. So bigger it's a cap hit.
0: Yeah, yeah, bigger cap hit. So uh, another one, from but for the Real most Yotes. period of time, so it's like a, a, it's close. Yep.
1: Another one from the Real Yotes fan. What kind of on ice and on bench changes do you think we will see? Um, I haven't heard any either way, but my sense has always sort of been the the biggest precaution they can take is keeping these guys in in the bubble. I mean, and at that point, the at least in theory, if the guy you're lining up against. It doesn't test positive, and you don't test positive. You guys can just play the game the way you've been playing it your entire life. That that to me is the safest way to do this, as opposed to trying to change things up in the actual game or where you can sit on the bench. Face shields.
0: Let's do it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the question um, was more for the league than the Coyotes. I take it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Coyote in Philly. What is Morella doing to help bring Arizona Coyotes to non-traditional hockey fans? What can he do?
2: You went you went silent on me for a moment, and now Jamie's muted. Why are you muted, Jamie? Can you hear me? That is weird. Hey. I really
1: like that. Uh, he's. Uh, yeah. I'm leaving this
2: in. Could you restate the question, Luke. I'm sorry for our listeners and for you. Uh, yeah,
1: I the apology to the listeners is implied about every five minutes. Um, Coyote in Philly writes: What is Morello doing to help bring Arizona Coyotes to non traditional hockey fans? What can he do?
2: Uh, it's it's a really good discussion because I've seen a lot of conversations with with Javier Gutierrez. Uh, the new president of the Coyotes, uh, talking about reaching out to the Latino community, which comprises almost 40% of Arizona. But to be honest, they've been pretty cursory examinations to this point. I'd love to sit down with him at some point, assuming I'm writing for, for someone at some point soon. That, that's one of the stories that that's definitely on my radar. Um, I, I think there are a lot of things, but I don't think I'll get into that right now. There, there are a lot of things that I want to ask him about, though.
1: Okay. Uh, Dustin writes in, he actually wrote, To the Duck, the unnamed duck. Blink your eyes if you feel safe. Well, you know what, Dustin? This is a plastic duck, so he can't blink. But trust me, he's safe. He's and he's got the mask too. Somebody wrote in and said, "Why doesn't he have a mask?" He's got a mask you and a hoodie on.
2: Can we see the duck again, Luke? Please. I, oh, I know nice. you can't see them, listeners, but I, I want proof myself. Yeah. I see his eyes. He actually does not have eyelids, so that would be a problem as well. Blinking.
1: Yeah. So he no so eyelashes
2: fine. either. So
1: interesting you, too. The um. Did
2: you tear them off?
1: No. He's uh he's okay. he's he's ready to go for the playoffs. No lashes. sleeves. Okay. No sleeves on this hoodie either, so he can okay. work out if he needs to. Okay. Um. All right, Christina, best guesstimate for how games will play out. Well, that's a broad question. Uh, do you feel better or worse about picks you had at the start of the season compared to now? What is the best way to eat a baked potato with chili, loaded, or simply with butter?
2: Wait, how did we get there from the games? First of all, I don't feel good Logical. About any, any predictions at this point. Everything's up in the air with the NHL. I'll say that. But what, what was the baked potato question?
1: The best way to eat a baked potato, chili, loaded, or Simply with butter.
2: Well, load, does loaded imply chives? And does it have to be chives? Well, well, I mean,
0: what else would it imply? I think yeah, it could be I, anything.
2: Well, and I will eliminate loaded because I don't like chives. But just butter or chili, whew, both of those are good. Those are good options. As long as the buttered option also has a significant
0: amount of salt.
2: Man, I haven't well, had chili well, you, on
0: a potato in forever. <laughs> You, yeah, you, you need to add, like, bacon bits on top of that butter. Right. Yeah, there's got to yeah, be bacon
2: like, bits. I think sour cream and maybe even uh, cheddar cheese, too. I don't know. Sour,
0: sour cream is trash. But other yeah. than that, wow. A garbage. Take coming
1: in here within yeah. an hour into the show, just out of bacon nowhere. Bacon
2: bits are a must on a bacon. Yes. Table.
1: Well, so that eliminates simply butter for you guys because that But I think yeah. I'm going to interpret here that you can do whatever you want with loaded. I don't think you have to eat something you don't like on top of it unless your wife cooks you Brussels sprouts and says you have to put them on top. But well, I think
2: good. if I can eliminate chives, I'm good with loaded.
1: Okay. Okay. Um, as far as picks at the start of the season, I mean, for me, my my Stanley Cup pick was Toronto and Vegas. I still feel pretty good about Vegas getting there. I feel a lot worse about any team that is not in the top four uh, in each side of the of the bracket. And I've I've said this before, but I think anything could happen in the first two rounds of these playoffs, but I'm still pretty convinced that the team that ultimately wins the cup is going to be one of those top four teams in each side. Cause it is already hard enough to win four straight series. Five straight's almost impossible. Yeah. I, I just see. I can't imagine a team doing that.
2: I'd be stunned if a team won five series.
1: Um Adam writes in any idea how much of Kessel's struggles were due to injuries versus regression? What should we expect for the Nashville series slash year two? And any idea what Hayton's role will be versus Nashville? Looking forward to Craig's next gig and hope you're all doing well. Oh, all of us. Wow. Okay.
2: Mm. With Kessel, I, I guess we'll find out, right?
1: Yeah. Well, I, we've kind yeah. of answered that, I guess. Yeah, but was, as, far, as far as Barrett Hayton, what do you expect from him against I'm Nashville?
2: I'm curious about that one. I think he he's sort of a dark horse for me. I'm. I'm really not sure what to expect from him. I could. I think he could be a, a sneaky, quiet contributor to uh, Coyotes' run here. I thought uh, the, the thing about Barrett is he, he didn't produce a lot in terms of points, but I thought he played really well in the other areas of the game, and I wasn't certain that was going to be the case. So that was that was impressive. He was he was sound in a lot of areas, and obviously he still has a lot of area for growth on the defensive side of the puck, but he did a lot of things well. And that's 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 a good sign for them. And I, I think again, he he could do some he could do some damage
0: in this postseason. Yeah, he passed the eye test uh, in in his brief opportunities. I mean, we'll see what they turn into, and eventually that has to turn into more production. But uh, he when he was on the ice, things were happening for him on on both ends. So that's something that's encouraging. He's still super young too. And uh, for Kessel, I, I'm I'm really intrigued to see how just how he comes out in place and kind of what the energy he plays with. Um, And the level that he plays at with all this extra time off in particular, just because of the the struggles he had early in the season and the fact that there might now be uh, a tangible reason for it other than just simply regression. Obviously, there was going to be some because he's not playing with Evgeny Malkin uh, and that's going to affect anybody, but uh, I'm very curious to see.
1: Um, I, I would say also with Hayton too I mean to Craig's point, I, I was surprised to see him be as responsible without the puck as he was for you know for a rookie. That's ultimately the player he's supposed to be. So look for more of that. I just don't know that I at least for me, I wasn't necessarily expecting him to step in and be that sort of guy that's not a liability away from the puck that quickly. And obviously that'll that'll go a long way towards getting him more playing time from Rick Tockett uh, sooner. Here we go away from the coyotes for a second. Kevin writes in in history. Which player who lost the captaincy shocked you the most? Mine is when Mike Madonna lost the seed to Brendan Morrow. Wow. I would jump in with Joe Thornton. Ah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, that that's a good one. that's the main one I I think of, and also because I mean he stayed there for a while after that, you know. So it's like when you lose the the captaincy to the guy that's a teammate, and you're still seeing him every day for another few years. That's got to be awkward on some level. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, that's the
2: one that yeah, how about Dustin Brown too? <laughs> yeah. That may have made Coyote's fans happy, granted, but that He that ended
1: was, up playing better after that. Yeah, he did. Um
0: Ozzie. Hopefully the A one too. That that was I kinda of forgot about that one. But the Vinny the getting stripped. I yeah, I for, I did forget about that one. Yeah. Like I'm I'm like kinda of looking up some of them now because I wanted to, to I mean there are there are a few here. You want me to do, go over a couple of these or yeah, just run yeah, run through a couple of them, just like well, the man, recent ones. Yeah, Madonna was one there. Scott Niedermeyer, uh in Anaheim, uh, Brian Leach with the Rangers, Marlowe with the Sharks too. Um Sackick with the Nordiques, Lindros with the Flyers, uh Shane Corson in, with the Blues, Brett Hall with the Blues, Pronger with the Blues, the Blues there seems to be a there seems to be a theme here. <laughs> Maybe they just ran um, out of C's for the jerseys. Yeah, Lacavieille, Thornton. So basically, you don't you don't want to play for you don't want to be the captain for the Blues or the Sharks. That's, yeah, that's, that's kind of what I'm hearing.
1: Yeah, well, and up until last year, that was pretty universal, just in general. Um, Ozzie writes in. Hopefully, this will make the show. But thanks for everything, fellas. Oh, that's us. Uh, you're welcome, Ozzie. Also, Hello. I wanted to say, great job, Craig. I heard your interview, Coyotes preview on the Puck Podcast. I've been listening to them for years, and it was a pleasant surprise to hear those two worlds cross.
2: Hmm. Uh, hopefully, we'll do it more. I enjoyed that one too.
1: Um, Sarah writes in, here's a fun what-if scenario for you. We'll, we'll be the judge of that, Sarah. <laughs> if Taylor Hall works his magic and the Coyotes somehow get first overall pick, if the Leafs offer, would you do a one-for-one one swap, Matthews, for the first overall pick? Oh, I 100% would. I don't think the Leafs would actually do this, yes. but I think it's no, they
2: wouldn't. They wouldn't.
1: Um, that That's the other thing. When you talk about, you know, I don't want to rehash would a team tank to get the first
0: pick this year, but Lafreniere is not a center. So... He's a really yeah. good player. He's not a generational player. Yeah. At least we yeah. think. So we, we don't know anything about any of these kids. But like the, the, based on smart people that are way smarter than me and that are watching these players, uh, the indication is it, it, it. this is not a McDavid-Matthews-level player. Well, and
1: we said this at and the time, position. too. With McDavid and Matthews, with them coming into the league and back-to-back years and really what they were three days apart from coming in at the same time, um, You know, I think that's sort of – I don't want to say spoiled people, but distorted a lot of it people's did. image of the number one. over. Those are guys that if you watched them play in, in junior, or I guess Matthews, if you watched them play in, in Switzerland, it was, they were light years ahead of the guys they were playing against that were also getting drafted in the first and second round. So, I mean, and playing center, like, and we knew years, it tw- not McDavid.
0: And we knew it when they were 12. Yeah. I, mean, I think yeah. that people forget like McDavid. Uh, I mean, the, with the McDavid and Matthews were on the radar for years before their draft eligible year. I mean, this 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 was not a, a late bloomer. That they, it's just different. It's different. You would love again. You gonna be a, a projects to be a really solid player, but it's very different between being a winger and a center. Sarah also
1: says, "So glad that we're back." So thank you, Sarah. We appreciate that. Um, Jan Yennik fan club says, "How do you feel we match up versus the Predators overall?" We've kind of gone through that, but um, just wanted to throw some of you don't feel like I read every question, so I'm gonna read them all, even if we're here till midnight. Damn, call him out, Luke. Uh, Steven writes in, shoot straight to it. What's the future of the Natty Hattie pod? I mean, we're here. This is, uh, I know it's been a weird couple months, but that's, that hasn't been just with us. That's been globally. <laughs> in the, the world. There wasn't a whole lot to uh, to talk about. And Jamie and I talked about this briefly last week, but there, there were a couple weeks in there where it didn't feel right to just be talking about hockey. So we just kind of took a step back for a little bit. But uh, especially if these games get going, I mean, we're going to be... Got some playoffs to preview here, potentially in the next two weeks. So this could be great. Yeah, uh, um, yeah
0: short short term, I don't imagine much is changing. Long term, I mean, who knows? A um, lot, lot has to be worked out on a lot of fronts. Um, I mean, I'm uh, on Craig's front, and I'm probably not going to be in Arizona uh, for many more months. So uh, we'll have to figure out what the logistics of that look like. Now, right now, it doesn't matter because we can't go to the studios anyway. But uh, we'll, uh, we'll we'll see. We'll have to work out what the what the 2021 22 season of the Natty Hattie. Wait, you're leaving Arizona? Yeah, I feel like. I didn't tell. Yeah, I probably should have told you. Oh, oh, I didn't tell you. No, it was probably in that special text message with Craig. Most likely for where? Uh, Chicago. Oh, hey. That's That's, you can get your own. But uh, that's actually not a joke as much as so I'll have to bring. I'll have to get my own bell. We'll give you a going away bell. I will get to see the frontier up and close, up close and personal, (laughs) with like. When he's hitting his prime, when Jonathan Taves is still there, getting 20 points a season as their number one center. No, when he's hitting his
1: prime, he'll be traded away for Brandon Sod's little brother at that point. Um, But yeah, either way, I mean, for all we know, Jamie's already in Chicago the way we're doing the podcast right now, so it doesn't really matter where you are, I guess. Um, Robert, what team benefits most from the time off now that the majority of players are healthier?
2: The team that wins the cup. Hmm, Okay.
0: Okay. Um, St. Louis and Pittsburgh because of the returns of Tarasenko and Gensel.
1: Carrie um, writes in Does Luke actually have any furniture? Interesting question. I was going to get a uh, couch. That was right around March 11th. And I, uh, tell I haven't you been. You have a lot of shirts. I yeah. do have a lot of shirts. A lot of these are jerseys. There's a okay. couple.
0: couple there's the dress shirt you wear in the, in the ocean water.
1: Yeah, there's my ocean dress shirt. Got to look good when you're in the ocean. Okay. There's there's other questions here on the Craig side. Um, Gabe writes in Do you expect any players to not make it back to the Valley soon? Any crazy visa issues or other problems? You nope, said they're, they're pretty all much all back. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned that we essentially answered Todd and Phoenix's question earlier. Uh, Coachies Jack, what's your Mount Rushmore of newspaper comic strips?
2: Yeah, this is a good question. Uh, and he has uh, honorable mention for Peanuts, which. To be honest, Coachy e Jack, it, it kinda hurts me. I, I feel like Peanuts is in the Hall of Fame without it. Yeah, doubt. it's gotta be on there. It may be old, but it, it's in the Hall of Fame. The far side when it was young was was really good. So that's another one to, good good one to mention there. But two that are not mentioned here that I would put in uh on my R- Mount Rushmore would be Bloom County and Calvin Knobs
1: So to give you what Coach e Jack said, his Mount Rushmore is Frank and Ernest, Beetle Bailey, Dilbert, and Garfield. I think Garfield has to be on there for sure. Yeah, as as does Dilbert. And then his honorable mentions are uh, Hager, Farside, Family
0: Circus, and Peanuts. My uh, only issue is I feel like I'm too millennial to be a part of this conversation. Yeah, it's not. I mean... What, what, what's a newspaper, Grandpa?
2: That's a switch for a millennial, isn't it? To opt out of any conversation.
1: <laughs> this is amazing. This is why he's going to move to Chicago. Um, Booper with a question about Phil Kessel. Uh, we've addressed that for the most part. Mike, I think once everyone is in the bubble, they should just stay and start next season a week after this Stanley Cup final. We don't need an off season this year. Well, I mean, in theory, I agree, but none of the players would ever go for that or be able to survive next season if they did that.
2: Can I do a side note here for uh, speaking of the bubble? Yes. So I have I've floated the idea to Greg Dillard of the Coyotes uh, Media Relations staff that instead of Zoom calls, as it looks like we're going to have Zoom calls even when we get to cover training camp, we'll have to do virtual interviews via yeah. Zoom with the players. I suggested instead of that, we do prison glass with those phones on either side where we speak to the players. And he said, that's fine, but media have to wear the orange jumpsuits. <laughs> uh, that's reasonable. I like it, actually.
1: Yeah, that's a pretty good idea. Except you have to cram all the media next to one side of the glass. <laughs> that's the only downside with that. But I, I think it's something it's like we really are going to do. <laughs> uh party. Dan writes in, any idea what the TV deal looks like for the postseason? Will local affiliates have broadcast rights?
2: They don't know yet uh, because we're still waiting for the schedule. The The thought is and what they're planning for, I think, is to have the play-in round. Beyond that, it's unclear what's going to happen at this point.
1: Yeah. I mean, I I do the radio side of things, so I don't know a ton about the TV side, but I know that my understanding is they're preparing for the, uh, the Nashville series, at least. So that would go with what you're saying, Craig, where it's that play-in series and then who knows after that. Los Coyotes, Steve, is this season going to be defined as a success or failure by a play-in series?
2: Are we talking specifically about the coyote, Coyotes? Because I, I kind of feel like yes.
0: Yeah. 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 And honestly, it should be. that If the season ended in March, whenever, whenever that final date was, it was a failure. I, I think we've, we pretty well established on the show in the preseason that the bar for success for the Coyotes coming in this season, particularly after bringing in Phil Kessel, and resign the guys that they did was that they needed to make the playoffs. That bar only got f- pushed further up when you traded for Taylor Hall. So in this case, to make the playoffs, you have to win the play-in series. So I-, I think it's a very reasonable expectation to say the line of whether this is this season's a success or failure does come down to this five-game series.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you could even look at it as simply as, hey, you're know, you 77 games into the season, and you're fighting for that eighth seed right now. And if you end up making it, sneaking in as the eighth seed, we're going to view the season as a success. And if you falter down the stretch, then no. I mean, it's going to be viewed as the Coyotes missed the playoffs again. And I think that that's probably the fairest way to do it. I, I don't know that would make huge decisions one way or the other just because these this is a five-game series out of complete insanity and four months off. But in terms of how you want to evaluate the season, yeah, I think so. Because when we look back in five or six months, you know, are we going to call the Coyotes a playoff team or are we going to call them one of the top 24 teams in the league? They didn't start out this season with the goal of being one of the top 24
0: teams in the NHL. No, and the reality of it, too, it's not like they were the five seed when the league shut down. They were the eleven seed. I mean, there's a very, I know there were some more games to play and there's all the other stuff. But- they were playing better. They were, but that doesn't guarantee they were going to jump spots into the postseason. No, so, no it doesn't. I, I would have a little bit more sympathy if they were the five seed, the season got cut short, and they lose a five-game series after not playing for a few months. I'd have way more sympathy. But the fact that they were an 11 seed and arguably shouldn't even be here anyway uh, is is enough to say you've got to win this play-in round. Yep. You've got to actually get to the official playoffs
1: uh todd what's the deal with celery salt is it made of celery like that cauliflower rice how does it compare vis-a-vis sea salt
2: well sea salt's better clearly correct yeah celery S- salt i don't know what, what's the point sea really.
1: salt's better than most things i agree true wool in case tea addict chimes in what do you think about pigs in a blanket i like the way the bland gritty sweetness of the cornbread works with the bouncy oh no this is a word i can't pronounce in Suance, in Suance of the dog. Oh, I was just going to say Kastiedsen because that's if I can't pronounce a word, I usually just say Kastiedsen. There,
2: there are different versions of pigs in a blanket. I mean, the sort of uh, lowbrow one is just uh, sausage and pancakes, isn't it? <laughs> so, what are we talking about here? I mean, I love cornbread. So, if we're talking about cornbread, but then then you go and put a dog in it, so eh, I don't know. Just put an Italian sausage in it. I'd I'd be curious. I might try yeah.
1: it. Just avoid the lowbrow sausage. That's just a general
2: right. rule. Will, in case T addict, have two questions? I believe he has one at the bottom.
1: Oh, I haven't gotten it? there yet. Oh, here we go. Okay. If the Coyotes get the number one pick, will I have to worry about Taylor Hall being burned for witchcraft?
2: Hmm. Fun fact the, about witches the real ones don't burn. Is that a fun fact? Or is that <laughs> that's, just, a, that's a really
1: fun fact. It's <laughs> the funnest fact.
2: Now uh, you guys want to know how I know that.
1: I mean, I do. Just I just... Leave that hanging out there. Well, now now you're going to have to tell us.
0: Oh, well, I don't want to be reeled in by I the authorities,
1: so I actually would rather not know. Oh, okay. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I don't even know what state you guys are in, so I think, I mean, anything goes at this point. Um, state of confusion. Last one, well, that's fair. Last one from Chris. Now that he deals with highfalutin corporate condiments after being promoted in his new job, does Napkin Jummy prefer to wipe up the crumbs from Edmonton or Toronto bar food?
0: Ooh. It was a lot. I guess Toronto, but uh, I don't know. I'm going to say Toronto. I've never been to
1: Edmonton. And on that note, which I guess (laughs) means I've never been the number one pick in a draft. All right, gentlemen, anything else here before we wrap up? We did a solid hour and a half, even though we weren't sure we were going to be able to.
2: No, I'm good here. Okay. Nice to Um, be back with you all. Hopefully I will have some sort of announcement very soon.
1: Okay. That's, uh, that's good to hear. I know a lot of people, all joking aside, I know a lot of people are very um, eagerly awaiting that. So, you know, if you could get on it, Craig, we'd really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, you're, you're honestly, it's like you're disappointing us at this point. Okay. Um, uh, Jamie has sat up, so this must be this must mean it's well, time I, for I, the I podcast. Like,
0: that's not very perceptive of you. I've been, I've been in this position now for like 15 minutes or since I plugged my computer in. He's moving to Chicago. Yeah. yeah. I, I realize uh, I feel like I I brought this up at some point but maybe I didn't. I don't yeah, know. You, I mean, everything before March is a blur. So you probably would have remembered that.
1: Yeah, this Jamie dropped this on us live on a podcast that's not live, but um yeah. We'll to be fair me. to Jamie, you did once menc- mention the city of Chicago about at the awards show last
0: year. I ha- I have talked about I've talked about the city before. It's it's not it's not well known. When are you leaving, Jamie? Uh, would probably be the end of October. Where are you going to live? Look at a few different places, probably West Loop. Okay,
2: so you're going to be in the city.
0: Yeah. That's good. You shouldn't live in the suburbs. I'm uh, not planning on it.
2: Good. My life's These not are, over yet. These are, <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> All right. On that note, that's the best thing Jamie's ever said, so I'm going to I'm gonna do him a favor and the podcast. All right, guys. Thanks for doing this. Um, thanks to everybody out there for listening. Thanks for sticking with us. I know we haven't done a lot of uh, episodes recently, but uh, again, the in theory... The uh, the playoffs or the play-ins or whatever start four weeks from tonight. So as long as they stick to this uh, plan that they have laid out, we're going to be doing podcasts to preview those. So uh, stick with us here, and um, that'll do it. Thanks for uh, thanks for listening. Thanks to Craig Morgan. Thanks to Jamie Eisner. I'm Luke Lipinski. This has been the Natural Hat Podcast.